Welcome to the Tech One Podcast, where we talk all things tech startup here in the Denton community, including open data, which is one of our topics today. Uh, I'm sitting here with my co-host, treasurer, and fellow board member uh, at Tech Mill, Dan Minshew, along with Dr. Jesse Hamner, uh, co-founder and chief scientist at Cubos, a uh, local satellite startup here in Denton. In addition to Habib, a uh, teaching fellow uh, of information science department at UNT, and th- today we are going to be talking a little bit about Open Data Day, which happened just this past weekend on March 3rd, um, and a little bit about the open data and open Denton community. Uh, so let's get these this kicked off. So this Saturday, March 3rd, was Open Data Day. This was our fourth year? Fourth year. Fourth year. Wow. Man, it's been four years. That's crazy. I remember the first one was uh, you and Patrick doing a lecture. Pretty much, yeah. Just, just talking about open data. Hmm. We didn't have a good plan. <laughs> we worked but, hard, but it wasn't a good plan. Yeah. Well, it's gotten better since then. You guys have done a great job. You got to fail early and fail often. <laughs> so, um, Dan has uh, some questions here. Dan, would you like to kick off some of these questions? Oh, sure. Um, so, I know there's... Uh, like you just said, um, this was the fourth year. Um, I'm interested in kind of finding out more about uh, the open data initiative at, on the national level, because um, I know this corresponded to with a, a national event, correct? At the same time, global um, global event. Oh, global event. Mm-hmm, Sorry, mm-hmm. Uh, global event. And then um, the Open Ditton initiative and uh, kind of the brand and idea behind that. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to start with the open Denton? Sure. Or? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll start with open Denton. So, um, around the same time that, uh, tech mill was starting to form and come together, um, Kevin Roden was holding those, uh, creative mixers over across town. Um, and he held one at rubber gloves and I remember I was super nervous, uh, but I was getting really interested in open data at the time. Um, I, I, before that event, I had beers with Kevin, uh, one night over at East side and, uh, or excuse me, over at, uh, Oak street. And, uh, we were talking about, um, code for America and his involvement in code for America and really getting more involved in the, uh, kind of open data and open source community, um, through that initiative. And I, I looked into it and I thought it was really cool. Um, but, but in 20, uh, 2013, I remember because the same night was the same night I got hit by an 18 wheeler. Surprise. (laughs) I left, I left Kevin's house and on my way home, I got hit by an 18 wheeler. Cause the next day was ice apocalypse. So, um, yeah, I know different story. We'll splice that into the, Another podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so so that night was the hackathon for um, the votedenton.org. I was there. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you know, we there was God. There's maybe a dozen of us in at Kevin's house, and Kevin was like, "Listen, we want to make this website where anyone can put in their address and find uh, who they're voting for in their district, right? And find their district and who is in their district." Um, you know, so we're there all night, and, and you know, I, I thought that was super interesting, and that was kind of my first, uh, you know, intro to open data. Um, 
And so I talked to Kevin since then and then went to the uh, creative mixer and I wanted to pitch an idea um, for an open data community in Denton, which obviously uh, we called it Open Denton. <laughs> that, that was the idea. Um, and really it wasn't meant to be, uh, and it's not currently, it's not an organization, but it's more like a community initiative um, with some branding wrap around it that... Uh, I, I thought people would be able to rally around. So um, I had a friend who was a designer who uh, she came up with the first version of the Open Denton logo. Um, and then <laughs> I think I've modified it two or three times since then. Um, I think I've settled on one that I like. It's pretty clean this year. It's nice it's and sharp nice. and slick. It keeps coming up, though, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'll look at it and I'm like, I'm not happy with it. But I think I'm happy with the one. Uh, this last one. Yeah, so. Great art is never finished, only abandoned. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so many abandoned projects, for sure. Um, but yeah, and, and so I thought that this can be, Open Denton could be a banner that anyone who wants to contribute to open data projects um, could contribute underneath and as like a community uh, initiative. Um, and, you know, and from there, uh, you know, Jesse and Patrick had started with the Open Data Day event. Um, and I guess it was 2014. Yeah. yeah. Um, it wasn't good, but it was, it happened at the right time because then we got that one out of the way mm-hmm. and then everything began to kind of roll together really fast with the Bloomberg grant and it was right. on the heels of, uh, vote Denton and the, the, the Kevin had another meeting at his house to talk about like the what's up with my street idea. And mm-hmm. it was just another use case for open data. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I mean, you know, a lot of this is we've talked about in, in previous podcasts, but the short end is that um, from there we uh, really started this movement with the whole What Works City thing that came about, and we got a bunch of projects together. We uh, pitched them to the city council. We got a grant. I don't know if you would call it a grant, a proposal written for the What Works City program, um, and then didn't the city then get, got involved, submitted it to, to Bloomberg. We got accepted. Didn't became a city of the Bloomberg uh, What Works Cities program, um, and then from there, they worked with a couple of agencies uh, such as the Center for Government Excellence, um, mm-hmm. Johns Hopkins, uh, and there's a few other that are rolled into there, and they basically act as consultants to work with these cities to see what type of open data initiatives they can support. Um, it's really a cross-section between what resources that city has versus the resources that those um, organizations have um, and where they intersect. And so for Denton specifically, Habib, you might be able to talk more to this. Um, I think it was helping establish a better open data policy in Denton. Like, we already had one, but um, it, we had a, a crappy open data portal, to be honest. It wasn't easy to navigate. Everything was kind of... Strewn, strewn about across multiple the domains. In more than different places, yeah. Yeah, it was more than one place. Um, and so, you know, one of those, uh, the outcomes of that was now we have a consolidated open data portal. Um, um, a, a more solid um, outcome of, of that grant was building the dashboard or the key performance indicator or right. um, the measures that the city announced. And that was, the bi- I think, the biggest impact now. This, that These measures are available online as a key metrics for the city, um, divided into four uh, areas, and each of the four areas have tens of uh, measures that any- anybody can log in and see and how the city is going through, and maybe you can see a history afterward, and you can see um, trends, what's happening, what's going on in, in different levels. So that will be 
the main journalist uh, resource, I, I believe, mm-hmm. for the city. And also, it is a, a key measure that now used by the city manager and all the teams around the uh, city of Denton. Right, yeah. So if you go to, for the listeners, if you go to data.cityofdenton.com, um, you'll see a link for strategic measures in the top, and that will take you to the list of dashboards that measure uh, you know, organizational excellence, public infrastructure, economic development, et cetera, and so forth. Um, yeah, and you know what? It's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I really wish we could have, we should come up with another podcast where we invite uh, city leaders on to the podcast, such as the city manager, um, you know, Melissa Kraft, who's the CTO of Denton, who has been phenomenal as far as I'm concerned in supporting yes. this movement. Um, she's, she really made it an effort to work with the community and more specifically the technical community um, to make sure that whatever we the requirements we came up with were met or mostly met at least. Um, and she or, treats us like really valued customers too. Yeah. It's a really, uh, it, it's, it's a, it's been a pleasure to work with her and she's delivered. Yes, definitely. So if small clap for her, <laughs> um, clap emoji. yeah, yeah. So, so that's really, um, I think the history of open Denton so far, um, as far as the history of open day to day, I'm, I'm a little foggy on, I don't really know. <laughs> But um, but yeah, it's it's an annual event. Uh, oh, cool! What is that? The visualization we did last year. Now it's available <laughs> oh. online on the website as one of the main thing in the website. Thanks nice. to Melissa again. Oh, nice. We, we managed to do that the night before. Can you describe to the listeners what you're looking at? Oh, okay, so uh, part of the open data is not a one way street. Uh, we want to share what we are um, coming up with and we want to give the participant, whomever is uh, using this data, the chance to upload their um, creation, either if, if it's an application or can uh, write a case uh, about what they did or share the visualization or results that they have. So we shared the results from last year, which is the crime the about ten years, nine years, crime data visualization we uh, we came up with in the Open Data Day 2016. 16. Yes, and uh, we we had two of them. We did one for the code violation. Yep. That was Kyle, and <laughs> I did me. one for the crime data. And I think we we have more, but we will upload them later on. So that's a good thing. Now we have participants are able to push into the website whatever they um, they come up with using this open data. So it's not me using the data for whatever I want to do. It's also I can share it and give it to others. So it's a resource to, to everybody. Right. So so I think for the listeners um, who might be new to open data, uh, what what is a use case for open data in just an everyday scenario? On the one hand, it's giving people the opportunity to see and 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 tinker with data for themselves, which is putting a lot of faith in your citizens that they will use it in ways that are uh, meaningful, that, that are me- meaningful and not, <laughs> and not just intended to deceive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to cherry pick data and say, look, everything's gone wrong, or look, this decision cost us trillions of dollars or whatever. But really, it is also putting faith in the, the tinkering and the thinking, you know, well, a bunch of my friends have saved their uh, their their bike commutes on Strava. I can download all those. Now I can get a list of the because my friend Garrett did a whole bunch of work on bike sensors 
last uh, last Saturday, and now we've got a big list of traffic on the rail st- on the the Greenbelt Trail. Yeah. I can map those with my friend Strava because I have my friend stuff. I can pull in other open data and get a pretty good picture of where I would like the next bike lanes to go mm-hmm. because I can see bike lane here, bike lane there, not between them. I would like to then take that to my representatives and say, here's where the next time you want to do some bike lanes, I think it would be good to do. And I have brought data. Right. And so that's one, that's one use case. It's, it's a very specific case, but there's a, I'd like to know what's happening on my street. Why are they digging up the, the sewer line? Why are they digging up the, you can go now at city of Denton and get that information. You can click on the link. It tells you what the project is, tells you what's going on. That's really empowering and also reassuring. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting you brought up bike data cause it just made me think of, um, so recently or, or right now, um, Denton has, uh, approved an ordinance, um, to re- require, uh, bike sharing companies to meet certain, uh, requirements, right. Yeah. In the city. Are, are you up to speed on that? Not up to, not completely up to speed, <laughs> but I did see the title of the article about the, um, some of the bikes leaving and new, like there, there right. there's a new fleet coming in and they're changing yeah. kind of what they're, mm. their requirements. Yeah. Yeah. So, so V bikes was, is the, the main one you see in town right now. They're the silver with orange rims uh, lying around everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in bushes and like yeah. sticking out yeah, from they're, behind they're all everywhere. over UNT. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, valid, valid reason that, yeah, they're, they're kind of an eyesore when they're just thrown on Mingo, you know, way out in the boonies <laughs> for some odd reason. I, I keep seeing one by rubber gloves and I've got to ask why, right? That, that's <laughs> nothing the there. One. Yeah. Nothing there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, so, you know, while that's kind of like a, a privatized or a private company market kind of scenario, um, of them taking their business model, I would, though, those bikes are equipped with sensors that track where the bikes have been and where they are. Um, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, it, it could have it could potentially be a little hasty, I think for the city to so quickly come up with an enact and a regulation to, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to use the word stifle cause that's not the right word, but stifle these, you know, private bike sharing companies. But I think a better idea would have been to work with the bike sharing companies because Denton is not a super bike friendly city. I think we, we have a phenomenal, um, you know, bike, I don't know what you call her, uh, advocate. <laughs> like, well, in I, I the think, city, I think she took a new position at uh, yes. keep Denton beautiful. That's oh. right. Well, I think we they, are, had they, have, they have they have it on the list to hire a new one, but I think the new one is going to emphasize more engineering. Like, where do we put our sidewalks, and what do we put our bike right. lanes? And so it's yeah. a little more. Um, but again, yeah. But there hasn't really been much work, except for in the past, you know, year and a half or so. True, right? Um, and so I think it would be interesting because you know people say these bikes are literally all over town. Well, that's kind of a good thing because if a bike ends up somewhere, that means someone rode it there. Yes, right. It's the um, last mile delivery or right or yeah that. exactly yeah. you know and so i think a better a better solution uh if you worked with v-bike right say hey listen can we open up your data and give us all the data from your sensors on your bikes for the past six months and let's see where the most commonly traffic patterns are and if those right. patterns don't have bike lanes what let's see what it would take to potentially do that because if it's a lot of traffic then i think it's worth investing money in so philadelphia and um and other cities did that with with bike shares and other uh, companies i think philadelphia dc did exactly the same even to take it in a larger scale there are other cities used um sensors from cars 
to re-change or restart their um, bus routes. Right. Ooh. Yeah, so they look at a car's movement and where are they coming, where are they going, and taxis and everything like that, aggregate many data sources together and put it in, in a map to see where is the need based on not what people answer in one single point of time survey. So one of the main promises for the open data is not one data set per se, but aggregating and the power of combining multiple data sets together to help you answer a question. And to compare this not with a survey, because surveys is biased, any scientist will answer that to you, and we answer sometimes <laughs> just to be biased. Yeah, just, just to be uh, politically sometimes or socially acceptable. Uh, but self-censoring when, answers, yeah, learned behavior answers, and so on and so on. Yeah, but mm-hmm. when you read the data itself, there is nobody asking you. No questions here. I'm not trying to fix it for you or show you a better thing. You're looking exactly to what's happening in the ground. So that's a big deal because it will show you much better inform- data and you will base your information or decision on a much better information. Um, that's what most of the other cities are trying to do and that's one of the main promises for having the open data. Yeah, in in a lean startup, there's a, there's a when you're doing customer um, interviews, there's a rule that you can follow where it's a, a actual self versus perceived self. And so if you ask someone like, hey, how do you how do you eat? And they're like, oh, I eat pretty healthy. I'm paleo. I eat veggies and meats and I stay away from all the bad things. And you go, OK, what's the last thing you ate? And they're like, Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's exactly what what we are trying to accomplish. So. To give you another answer to the another example to your question, um, look at Google Maps, Waze. Um, I attended a presentation a couple of weeks ago, and there was a study trying to find out when people report things to 911 in highways, and when Waze actually know about it before them. And what mm-hmm. happened is Waze know or people reported on Waze more than an hour before anybody called 911. Mm-hmm. So there is usually there is a, a big difference between just waiting for people to report things to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this usually takes time. Not everybody is willing. And even if I'm willing, maybe I need to be polite and I don't know how to say it to you. I don't want to be offend, offending anybody <laughs> or anything. So that's why it takes, it takes a while. And you need to go out of your way to report those things. However, if you read whatever sensor or data available, that's usually easier. And people are, are happy to improve whatever uh, services using the data because that's what we are getting through Google, through Amazon, mm-hmm. through all other uh, similar services. Yeah. So, so we've, we've been talking about uh, the applications of open data. Um, let's talk about this weekend. So, so this weekend we had um, six potential uh, projects to work on. Would you guys want to go over those really quick? Um, we, um, what happened, just to give you an example of what is the open data day looks like. We come together, uh, get a breakfast uh, early in the morning on Saturday, and then we present uh, different problems or challenges we are interested in solving, or at least um, thinking of how to solve it. Uh, the main goal is not maybe to provide a, a turnkey solution to, to the cities or to, the, uh, to whatever organization we're working on, but is, the goal is to provide a proof of concept of what's going to be the answer look like or 
to get it closer to you to understand how is this going to be. Mm-hmm. Or can so, this work at all? Uh, or can mm-hmm. it work right. at all? And a good thing with open data or with any such a hackathon event that you can tinker with different scenarios or different technologies at the same time. And you're not uh, bounded in a way by what technology available in this organization or what um, history we have with that organization. So people are coming from all walks of life and they are willing to share their experience and to try something new, even if it's in an area that they never tried before. Mm -hmm. So we presented um, six um, uh, challenges. One uh, was from the city of Louisville. That was a GIS um, high definition map uh, with, uh, with, some, with, with uh, images and pictures for the streets with a very high level. Def- um, uh, then they want to see what can we, um, can we manage machine learning algorithms and do any um, AI on it and come up with, with, um, with valid information or something that helped the city. And I will go with the answer directly. So the teams did a phenomenal job. They, uh, they managed to identify manholes which was exactly what the city asked me when we, uh, when we discussed <laughs> that problem. They said, if we know the manholes exactly, where are they from those pictures, that would be great. And I was, okay. And when they came up, with, and I didn't tell them that in specific, <laughs> they tried actually to, um, to identify different things. And manholes was the one that they just made it with a 98 Percent accuracy. Wow. Was, wow. <laughs> Round shapes in a street are typically going to be manholes, right? Right. But you think about, okay, now they're looking for potholes. Well, now you can use, and, because the manholes were just a filter. Okay, we want to find the potholes, knock out all the manholes, because right. that's not it. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that's what City of Louisville wanted either. This was just a way to get around a speed bump for these guys. <laughs> and here it is, a deliverable for Louisville. Yes, and that's that's really great. So that validate the concept that if we run this algorithm on doing this exactly, you can identify all the manholes in the city with a very high accuracy because that pictures have the geo tag with it as well. So you can have a very detailed map on all, all the manholes without without going to do any other extra survey. Can, can I ask what the use case for identifying manholes is? The question was, um, they have a new sen- company that doing sensors um, inside their um, uh, water lines mm-hmm. or pipes. And inside the pipes, this small device goes in, into the pipes and, and, and it will provide them with how long it took the sensor or that piece to go from a place to another with that speed. But the directions and some information are missing from that because it's underground. So if we know the manholes, we can have a better map of exactly where is that pipe and on what depth and where is it exactly. Some of the information is not available during that that type of survey, but if you combine again multiple sources, you can get the right answer, 100%. Hmm. I've seen this movie before, I think. (laughs) And and manholes, because they're easy to see, they represent really good anchor points for whatever else you're mapping. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a map of the city water lines, then the manholes provide you with a guarantee that at least wherever you are, your map will be right directly below that manhole. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a benchmark. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Cool. What else was there? The second project, I'll leave it with uh, um, Jesse for the Blight uh, Poverty Group. 
So uh, for the last couple of years, we've been working with city, uh, city and county organizations that are you know working with um, people who need some form of assistance. And literally two years ago, we began working, Patrick and, and I and, and my friend Keith began working with the United Way of Denton County to help them start putting their data into, put all their partner organizations into a single data set so they can pull data out and get data in in the same format. They lost some funding from, I think, the housing and urban development because they weren't tracking certain things, and we got caught short by not enough transitional housing, I think. Mm-hmm. And so now they've got – they, they've been asking, okay, well, how do we get this back? How do we track our data? How do we use it? So for two years we've been saying start putting it in the same spot. They finally did that. They got everybody on the same page. It's saying kumbaya, and now we were able to say they pulled a bunch of data out and they have to do pre-processing on it. They've got to say, how many people have we not seen in the last six months? Those go into a certain list. We have to remove duplicates. That goes into a certain list. We have to write back errors. That goes, that's somebody's doing that every time manually. And so with some Python scripts and, and, a, and a parallel track of Excel spreadsheets, we've, we've taken all that away, right? You have to go over and just occasionally look at the dupes or something. But Catherine reported that it's probably 25, 30 hours a month of work that just just got evaporated right that's more time to do something better and that's a difference you can totally feel and now from my perspective now they can start answering questions instead of haranguing people to put the data in so now we can say what would you like to know how about we look at the weather data for when those people were interviewed let's see when they when they actually need help You, you may think it's when it's cold you may think it's when it's rainy let's find out let's know yeah that'll help so now we can actually get to the data science instead of just getting the data back out. Yeah, that, that was is. that was my favorite one, just because I've been working on it for two years. <laughs> that is very cool. Um, we have another project with Dan. I will leave it to Dan to answer that project. We um, Dan team uh, started to work on uh, City of Denton website chatbot. I am interested yeah. in this one. <laughs> He's now a Tell famous guy. <laughs> uh, well. No. Maybe on the surface, at least, not not nearly as uh, magnanimous. <laughs> it is really good. Uh, yeah. It. Um, so I think part of the idea behind it, at least, was that um, interfaces are pretty difficult, and especially when you have a whole lot of nodes or like a, a lot of pages on a site for something like a city, it can be difficult to find a resource. So if you have something that you can kind of ask more natural questions to and and kind of do like basically like a fuzzy search across all the resources but be be interacting with the same for, it's really just a form you know <laughs> but that talks back to you um it would be easier so we built out a little proof of concept that just you know and we just tried to do one thing so just figure out who your city council person is and um in between doing some API stuff and giving a what turned into an hour long lecture on Git that I wasn't anticipating doing. <laughs> we should stop you at that there, but I was. I see everybody isn't engaged, and I was okay. Just leave them there. Yeah, I can be. Long and now you're going to lead the educational track at next Open Data Day. Dan, so. <laughs> cool. Give you a subcommittee. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think that would be great. Um, it, it happened, I mean, in end of the day, I was able to, you know, show something that at least got people excited. So that was really that was really fun. Um, the idea behind this, 
was um, with different things we did with City of Denton last year, and now even with uh, Louisville, there is there is an obvious need that many residents does not know the right names for things, maybe the official names, let's say it, or um, or doesn't know how to find the information within the search engine. Mm-hmm. Now, not all search engine are Google, so let's admit this. <clears throat> and they uh, they need something easier. I have a question in mind. Can I ask a question and get an answer? Many information is already available in the website or within within the website, uh, but we cannot find it easily. So the chatbot can help residents, and that's the proof of concept we did, help residents answer the question. So we entered an address, and we find out who's the, the council members that represent that address. As easy as it gets. I don't need to go and see the map. I don't need. So it makes it a one-click job instead of maybe five or ten plus reading. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal in saving uh, in, in, in the in the saving for residents' time. And Dan's kind of self-deprecating about it. It's just a regex in a form. It's, yeah, but then somebody will come in next year and plug in some natural language toolkit to it and say, now I've got a dictionary of words, or I can stem the words, and I can then form up a better guess yeah. because you've laid the tracks down. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we can do much. That was just a proof of concept. Everything is published on the website or even can be linked to it, yeah. can be somewhat harvested and then interpreted in, a, in the, la- the required language, so the bot or uh, whatever other technology can, can give you an answer much faster than before. Right. Yeah, and it's something where, uh, especially I think people doing NLP uh, as part of their you know post post undergrad <laughs> in whatever way tend to really like state machines, and a chatbot is really just a, a, like a kind of fancy state machine. So yeah, combining those two things, I I think um, yeah, we just wanted to do one thing. <laughs> Right, but thing. next year you can right. have two people, or you can talk about it this year at APIs and IPAs or whatever else, and somebody else will say, oh, man, I wish I could ask it a question about da-da-da-da, and then there you go. You've got them. Yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly the project. To see. <laughs> it's in the way. Again, the goal is not to build a whole solution to the city. That's not the goal because, again, a whole solution, you need to maintain it. There are different things behind building the whole solution. But here we are trying to show... Um, to different um, teams within the city that this is a viable option. This is how it can be used. This is how it's in the context of the city itself. So now they can test it. They can tinker with it themselves. And then they decide, oh, do we need to invest in this? Do we need to do this? Maybe they can hire uh, uh, Dan later on, but that's um, that's how it should work because later on they already seen it in action within their website. And now they can have the scenarios in their mind that they know what type of uh, documents and things that we need to include into this type of uh, technology. And if somebody's trying to charge them $2 million for it, they have a nice backstop to say, actually, a bunch of nerds did it for nothing and got a pretty good result. So how <laughs> about them we... them pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lewis will rock yeah. donuts. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. What other projects do we have? One of the very nice things that we had um, started last year is... is Inviting non-technical groups to um, to be part of the Open Data Day. This is not a day only for geeks and only for developers. Um, last year, we had a group of non non-technical um, participants who came uh, who came and they uh, recorded a YouTube video on how to use Open Data Portal. 
Now that video is the main feature video to show you how to use the portal online. Yes. Wow. And this this year, same group came in again and they did. Um, they finished one full video and they're working on the second, which is their third, on how to how to see and use the 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 city metrics. So now those groups are coming together, looking at what we are doing, also here, and get inspired and try to find what what can non-technical users want and need. And that was one of the main things. There's no help in, in the open data portal. Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of um, intimidating for many many regular users. Uh, so the help, especially with the video, is, is really, really um, valuable to many users. At least if I want to know what is this website, in, in a, about a minute and a half, I have the answer. And from Denton, within Denton community, we didn't hire anybody. The city did not do anything except having the open data day, as as you said, the pizza or the donuts. Yeah, <laughs> and the and the recording equipment in this case. That was no, no, the, Glenn, no. Glenn, oh, Glenn Ferris just, just loaned me his podcasting rig. Oh, and his and PA that, rig. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, said, hey, Glenn, can I? And he said, sure, I'll get it from you. On, I've got something else to do after noon. I'll just get it from you tomorrow. And so there it was. Awesome. Uh, believe it or not, yeah. last year they didn't have any equipment. Thanks, Glenn. And none of them even did a video uh, before. Yeah. And they got together for about five, and a, five hours and uh, they had it into a room together and they figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was and great. I mean, I, I think those kind of things are, I mean, I, I've learned. Everything I know about technology, this is exaggeration, but it's mostly through YouTube videos. <laughs> so something like that, it's perfect. It's like it's demonstrative, demonstrative, and uh, has all the information that you need right there. And yeah, I think I think that was a really good one because a lot of people know about the portal, but a lot of people don't know how to use it at the same at right. the same time. So like mm -hmm. we have this resource available, and you know, there's there's definitely a lot of parallel efforts happening at, on the city level to make things more transparent and be more data driven and that kind of thing. But there's, there's the actually giving people the the ability to do it. Like not just it's there and well, what, you know, why aren't you using it if you want? This yeah, we gave you the open it's data. Like, well, you did, but yeah. it's yeah. not usable or it's not in a form I can use, or I have to go find somebody else to yeah. fix Tables it. Tables embedded in PDFs is not yeah, data. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, That's kind of the nightmare scenario, right? That and scans of old documents that don't line up right, and so you've got to... Yeah. But, like, I can also see a world where the video team next year gets plugged into the chat bot, and the chat bot records all the questions that get asked, and you pipe those into kind of, okay, let's figure out the most commonly asked stuff and then mm -hmm. give it as a list to the video team and say, here's two you could do or give it to them six months ahead of time and let them start writing scripts so they can hit the ground running on open day to day yeah. and plug these things in and make them kind of cross, you know, cross multiply. Hey, we can do more with each other and feed good information that indicates demand instead of let's do some neat stuff. Hey, yeah, I know neat stuff. I've got, a, I've got an itch I can scratch today because I want to learn this new thing in R. And yeah. Have you all talked to our good friend Jacob Moses? Uh, yes. The technical writer? Mm -hmm. So he had a podcast called The Not-So-Born Technical Writer, yep. and he uh, interviewed a woman who um, did a talk over JIT, just-in-time documentation, and uh, oh, yeah. it was a technical writing um, method where basically that's exactly what they did, is that when you're writing technical documentation for either a product or a company or service, um, Basically, they took the most commonly requested or searched for 
questions and they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be writing documentation about things we think people want to know. We should be writing things about people, things or things people are actually looking for. So yeah, that's actually so a great we, idea. So we started this effort even um, since last year, uh, we were trying to get um, the search uh, log mm-hmm. for the city website. I think uh, we managed through uh, jumping into different hoops and we are hopefully by next month or so, we will be able to have a solid um, start on having that that log available. And with the time, we will be able to know exactly how many people or what type of things they're looking for. Then we channel that through whatever uh, solution we decided to go through, let's say the chatbot, and then feed all this type of questions into the chatbot. And people will have this answer faster than ever before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and all, all all of that can, all of those things can be more and more automated eventually. It, mm-hmm. I think, but it starts with uh, at that level of. So that was something where there was this just missing metadata. Like we we didn't know anything about what people were. That's even still a problem. For. There's a lot of missing metadata yeah. and code books that we want to eventually retrieve those too. Yeah, which was one of the teams. Yeah. So that team looked into the uh, the missing da- um, codes or the missing um, metadata available or not available in the portal and how do we um, plan to fix this type of uh, thing. Um, we have a, a very elaborative plan with the city of Denton IT. Uh, department and we went through a long discussion that that team went through um, a very good job with them talking about what type of things we can do uh, on what type of data set how does that work when this data gets updated and so on so um, the city will look into what's exactly available from the portal perspective and how can we um, we participate in fixing that problem later on and we're looking at what other cities did in order to fix such a problem because it looked like there was an effort to update that within the CCAN system. Um, so we will look at what can be done from the system side. So by next year or whenever the project open again, we will try to update it and make it better. And providing the reusable tools is super valuable, right? That is the goal of the Bloomberg grant. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's 240-something counties in Texas, 245 counties, that... They've all got a united way. They've all got to pull from the same data set. If we can roll this out to the rest of them and save all of them that much extra time. Oh, reusable tools are great. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any more projects you guys want to talk about? Um, yes. Um, there was a visualization team did a small um, basic um, visualization on City of Louisville uh, budget for the past, I think, 15 years. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. So what type of expenditures? Uh, where is it divided by what? And uh, I think you can pick and choose to even compare different departments to see the expenditure or revenue by department and so on. It's a basic thing, but it's available now on the on, on the portal and it's available on Tableau, uh, on public Tableau portal as well. Yeah, nice. So, so let's talk about, um, I think, uh, engagement a little bit. So uh, this year we had the most number of registrants uh, amongst all the other years. So how, 93. 93 registrants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Probably about 65, 68 showed up, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is great. Which I mean, is still, that's yeah. 25% increase. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and usually you get two-thirds of your attendees mm-hmm. um, for yeah. whoever registers, especially for yeah. a free event. A free event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 65 people <laughs> gathering on a Saturday to give their time is pretty Right, to yeah. build yeah. Yeah. things that help people. Yeah, that's great. Um, but, you know, so so let's talk about... Um, a, you know, what what do you think? Some what are what are y'all's motivations for doing these events? Um, 
what do we think the motivations for the people who showed up were? And in addition, how do you think we can improve that engagement, not just one day a year, but, you know, all, you know, all year round? One thing that struck me this year was that Habib was able to get Louisville involved. And I finally found some folks at uh, Denton County to get involved. And they really didn't realize this was a thing you could even do. And they, they had all kinds of ideas. of. First of all, I had no idea the city of Louisville has got a great technical team and they've got some great <laughs> APIs and they're, they're definitely bringing it. We can all learn from them. And then city of I mean, uh, Denton County has got a lot of data that they haven't just put up on the website. And then the chief GIS person from Denton County came and she had a lot of, of good questions and said, and both Louisville and Denton County said, can we do more than one of these a year? Because we'd like to get in on this. This is the kind of thing that we'd like to see. What I have do an I, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and what all else would we do? What do people want? Where are our or your pain points? Getting data out. What do we do with? And, and then you also can get the universities, especially the schools of library and information science involved, to say, let's catalog that or let's categorize that or let's build an ontology for that or and then you give them new research projects, you give them new, and you, you do, you build a virtuous cycle. Yeah. If we can demonstrate some research value, if we can demonstrate some practical value, we can pull in more. I mean, it seems like there might even be demand among municipalities for this kind of thing to actually want to participate. That was a surprise to me this year, and I, I won't forget it because it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that we are trying now um, through Open Open Denton is starting the um, Denton Smart City Lab. Um, so the lab's goal is to help um, keep the momentum on doing this, not only by doing hackathons, which is one important uh, venue, but we are also planning to do to attract different groups to work with those projects within uh, classes. So I've been doing this with my classes. I've been trying to promote this within information science department, business school, and some other department as well. Uh, with the time, I think we will build up more momentum on having some of those projects throughout the, the university. Not only UNT, I'm hoping also TWU will, will come along later on and we can do in different areas. So videos can be something we do with journalists. We can we can do it with technical writers. Those are two great departments at UNT. We can do codes and different things that related to computer science and computer engineering with different groups, which is we already are doing, uh, me and Kyle. Uh, then we can also do different uh, decision, decision science with business school and do all operations research type, uh, I think we are getting into the the momentum that other organizations are hearing about us. And I'm hoping also DCTA is coming along. We are in discussion and we have a meeting by end of this month. We will be talking more and more about different projects, different opportunities we can do. How can we do it? With, with what venue is better for each of those projects? Now, we're not limited with only Denton, and that's obvious uh, this uh, this year we have we have city of Louisville and any other city that can um, can be um, interested. We would like to have more um, more hands-on type of projects for our students as a university and for uh, for the benefit of the city overall and all the residents in the area. I would just like to note that Denton was one of only two Texas cities who ran an open yeah. data day event this yep. year. It was us Austin, and Austin. Austin. <laughs> wow. So. And even last year and the year before, uh, we are, um, 
I think we have a momentum of doing this, and um, this hackathon uh, is is getting a really good support within the the community here. So that's why you see it improving and coming along. And I, I wouldn't be surprised maybe next year Dallas can join us. Well, you know, there were a few guys from Project 202, which is a Dallas-based uh, creative agency or, or development agency. I was When I saw their shirts, I was like, wow, we got people from Dallas to come up here? Like, that was pretty cool. We have uh, one one person who's flying from another um, another city. Uh, I think, um, I forget his name, but he, he was flying from another, a different city in, in Texas, and, and he was so keen early enough to know exactly when are we starting and what do we include or not include, <laughs> where is a good place to stay in Denton. So I think this is driving more um, more attention to the area, more attention to the work we are doing, and hopefully that will drive more momentum into doing more projects between the city, university, and different community groups as well. Yeah. So the case of the Project 202 people, do, do we know anything about how they found out about it? Was that... Uh, Online? Really online. It wasn't yes. a word of mouth or anything. That's what they told me. They, they wow. said, how did you hear about it? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. Cool. Oh, let's see. I posted it in the, the DFW dev Slack, and I posted it on the startup oh, okay. uh, Facebook group. So Yeah. It was probably one of those. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't think people would go searching on Meetup <laughs> for that specifically or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, but either way, it's interesting that, that they found it, um, and I'm mm. glad they did because, you know, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And they and if they had a good experience, they'll tell their friends, right? I mean, I, I'm I'm a big believer in viral growth because then you get people who are enthusiastic to recruit more people who would come and then would be enthusiastic. I don't want to push it on people who don't want to be here and now clearly we're doing it doing it pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Well, cool. Well, it's funny that we mentioned that we should do more of these because um uh, one of one of my goals for Techmo this year is to run uh, our first hackathon. Um, and Dan bought uh, the domain name. It's hackdenton.com. <laughs> That's right. It's a landing page right now. Hackdenton.com. <laughs> um, but you're going to have to explain hack to an awful lot of retirees. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just point no, like, to no, the No, it's good. And, it means a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good well, thing. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why would I? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and so, you know, with, with the hackathon, you, you need to have some kind of um, purpose or stakeholders that you are, you know, mm. working towards, the, you know, solving these problems. And so, um, you know, with our momentum in the open data realm and the open source realm, um, I thought a civic uh, technology engagement, or, or excuse me, a civ- civic and technology vertical would be um, appropriate this year, I think. Um, and so the goal is to have it uh, this fall. Uh, and I think the date is October 22nd, the 21st and the 22nd. Um, and so uh, I think the momentum we, we get from Open Day to Day and through the Open Dent community uh, can actually, I think we can provide a platform this year to invite more cities, Denton, Louisville, uh, Dallas, Irving, et cetera, anyone who might be interested to come sponsor and partake in that event um, and, you know, and actually get some problems solved for them. So, I think Denton is moving toward becoming uh, a smart city in, in its own way with, with their size and, and the resources they have. Um, all the projects that we are getting um, to do now within Denton and all this effort through the community doing all um, civic-related uh, hackathons, I think will pay off that the city will be interested in more and more. And the more we have more partners within the city, uh, the merrier will be um, to ac- 
to accomplish more and bigger uh, roles within even the region. Yeah, I mean, uh, so here's, I think here's my last question I have for the group um, is, you know, while, while I think we do a pretty good job with uh, general civic engagement with just ordinary people who like technology, you know, like solving problems, um, you know, it really doesn't matter if it falls on deaf ears uh, for, you know, people who are, uh, you know, city, city staff, for example, or uh, city officials or anything like that. How, how can we um, make a, sh- a better showcase or make a better argument for um, investing time or resources into open data in, in our community? And, or not just Denton, but, you know, anywhere else. Um, how can we improve that? So in the in the second Open Data Day, we invited the mayor to to have the the, uh-huh. the the keynote at, at that time, and that was more of a prestigious political move. But this this year, we had two running candidates attending our event. Uh-huh. They are coming. They contacted us. They want to know what is going on. How can we benefit from this? And and they even stayed for for half the day just was excited and seeing what's going on, been through all the teams and see what they're doing and even attended the the end uh, presentation. And they were excited that this thing is innovative. This is the innovation we want to see in the city. This is what uh, we want to promote within the city. So I believe um, in the next year or so, you will see that even city council or or officials in, in, in different committees, they know about this and they know what, what do we do and uh, how can this type of um, innovation help the city improve their position? Yeah, I think you, it, it's good to have people bringing data, bringing objective reasons instead of kind of the, the constant appeals to emotion or the personal narrative when you get up there. If you can have an influence on policy with, I have an idea, this affects me, and here's why I think it is good for everyone – I think that's a that's a valuable thing to pursue instead of because it makes us all better able to see and evaluate an argument rather than just say your personal narrative is not important or I don't care what you think or you're wrong. You know, that's how a lot of the things go. And if we can have a have a discussion where this matters to me and I may still have my feelings hurt, but here's why I think this is a good idea, like the, the bicycle lanes example or whatever, I think that's how to improve it not falling on deaf ears because then your constituents care about this sort of thing they're engaging with your data they aren't trying to use it against you they're trying to use it to make denton better that's a that's a good narrative and that that's a leadership position for for denton to be able to say our people wanted the open data because they want to do good things with it Mm -hmm. and we want them to do good things so we're going to value their input when it makes sense, when, when, when they can convey it to us. Another thing, we got invited now to present some of the things we are doing to different committees within, within the city operation. Um, so I think that will showcase what, what this group can deliver or what type of things that um, we can work with them on um, to achieve any of the goals. So uh, I think by next year, you will have more and more um, solid cases within the city and different groups within the city already worked with us in order to make um, to make an improvement or to to test uh, a technology or to test uh, what can we do with this idea mm-hmm. oh, cool well that's that's all I have 
Dan, do you have anything else? Uh, I guess uh, it's good to end with some kind of call to action, maybe. Or, and I think there's probably different call to action to depending on your, if you're an agency or if you're involved in city government in, or in some way or if you're just a citizen that cares about data or want, is wanting to get better access to it, what can they do? Um, I'll just kind of throw that out, <laughs> out there if, if anybody... Uh, my, my favorite is you, you never know if the question you ask is super hard or super easy because sometimes somebody just knows or somebody can just throw a switch. So... Think about things you want to know, like literally what bothers you that you don't know about the city and ask that question. Join the Slack, go to opendenton.com, hop in and just come to the Open Denton channel and ask. And then obviously October, when it's time to do a Hack Denton, we would have a chance to curate some of those ideas, present them to Denton County, City of Louisville, Denton City, and then... Hey, people have asked this question. This bothers someone. That's the kind of itch that they want to scratch, right? Well, you want to know, come on down here, bring your friends and work on it for a weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that's that's the call to action for me. Yeah. I didn't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, yeah, I'll just say I like I I like that it's something that's um ongoing and it's um it's neat to see year after year that you would think having that much time in between that that energy would couldn't sustain, but obviously it keeps increasing every year. So yeah, yeah, I I, I love that um, the the interest has sustained over the years and, and improved over the years. So I think that's really great. Um, so yeah, so I want to thank you guys, Jesse and Habib, and uh, especially uh, Deborah Caldwell, who is not here, oh, uh, but yeah. she helped organize. Um, I I was super sick this weekend, and <laughs> I went home, um, but I was following on Twitter and Facebook, and she was tweeting up a storm. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she, yeah. she is at Databrarian on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. which I think is a great moniker, right? <laughs> so thank you, guys. Thank you, Deborah, um, for organizing this year's Open uh, day-to-day event yeah um, thanks to everyone who showed up yeah. <laughs> yeah yes without them this this event wouldn't happen and without all the work they're putting within that day we wouldn't be here yeah would you guys like to give a shout out to the sponsors for this year yes uh, city of denton city of louisville um, unt information science department uh, fuzzy yeah, Fuzzy Nuquist bought coffee. Uh, Cubos is putting in some money. Uh, wonder how that happened. Uh, Glenn, Glenn <laughs> Ferris is Glenn Ferris gave us a hundred dollars, uh, and yeah, I think that, that's it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Fuzzy also made a donation to Tech Mill, so oh, thank did he? you, thank okay. you, Fuzzy. Oh, awesome, <laughs> Dan, you're my treasurer. I got the check for you. All right, yeah. <laughs> we have a... cool. Well, Cub- awesome. Cubos wants receipts. <laughs> we we got receipts. Yeah, we're we're gonna. Let's pick a night this week and we'll <laughs> catch up on all that. Cool. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, once again, this is the Techno Podcast, uh, where we talk all things here, tech startup in the Denton community. Um, if you are new to the podcast, make sure you like and subscribe on iTunes, uh, podcast, your favorite I don't know, podcast subscriber service. We're everywhere. It's fine. <laughs> so um, thanks again for listening and make sure you join us on Slack at slack.techmail.co. Um, wait for the Heroku cert dinos to spin up and then, <laughs> and then join us yeah. on meetup at meetup.com slash techmaildenton. Yeah. Tweet at us. And again, if you're trying to get into Slack and camp for some reason, is there a good email? 
you can you can email uh, uh, techmildenton at gmail.com we will soon have real techno Do- emails yeah tech, techmill.co only only 12 hours left to go hours, yeah. <laughs> it's a long story don't worry about it guys all right thanks everyone see you next time bye bye